Here you go, Bob. Thank you. All right, so today's topic is, as you already heard, generosity. If, uh, J.D., you want to put up the first slide, of course, I come up here to speak, and I'm getting a phone call. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it works. Romans 12, that's where we, we're speaking from today. And we've been looking at these gifts now. This is the fifth week. So let's just read through them real quick. Romans 12, uh, verse 6 through 8. We have different gifts according to, according to the grace given to each of us. So these gifts are a part of God's grace um, that he has given to us. He has freely given to us these gifts. If your gift is to prophesy or prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. It is, if it is serving, then serve. Uh, if it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouragement or encourage to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. It, if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And again, we all have these gifts. All these gifts have been given to us by God. Um, and some of them, I believe, that we're born with, actually, uh, that we're born with these gifts. We're born with these bents. We, we lean in certain direction in our lives, in our personality, our aptitude. And we all have these gifts in a degree of measure, right? But some of us excel in one or two of these gifts, these different gifts that are given to the church. Um, you may excel in the gift of serving or mercy. You may excel in the gift of leadership, or maybe you excel at the gift of giving, encouragement. I remember uh, from our former church, there was uh, uh, a man in our church, and from the first time I met him, he was an encourager. And I didn't even know these verses. I was just saved. But this guy was just so uplifting and so encouraging that I wanted to be around him and, uh, and have him speak into my life uh, as a person. So each one of us, again, probably excels at one or two of these or maybe even three. But the Lord has given us these gifts. He gives gifts to the church, the other gifts. In 1 Corinthians 12, what we would call, I call the manifestation gifts, uh, showing the manifestation of God's power and his might. And the ministry gifts of Ephesians 4.11, he gives these gifts to us, the church, for the edification, the building up, the strengthening of the body of Christ. So they are for us, and they are given to us to share with others. Uh, that makes sense. I hope that we're given these gifts to minister and to serve and to bless one another. And that's what we're called to do. Uh, you know, we're, we're called to pray for one another, to serve one another, to look out for the interests of each other, not only unto ourselves, but we are to esteem others as better than ourselves and look out for the interests of others. And so serve one another. I don't know if I said that. And show mercy to one another. All these things are given to us to share with the body of Christ. Um, and we see that in 1 Corinthians 12, again, those gifts, and Ephesians 4.11, again, are for the saints. They're for the saints, but even they go outside of the saints as well because it's something that's given to us. It's something that we carry. It's something that we own. It's who we are. It becomes a part of our, our personality. Uh, it becomes a part of who we are. You know, and, and it just flows out of us naturally. It's not something I have to drum up or I have to say, you know, I'm going to 
do this. It's something we're motivated by, by these gifts. It's a motivational gift. It's something that stirs us on, stirs us up. It, it's something that we enjoy doing and sharing with others so that we can bless them. And, and we, when we see that they're blessed, we are blessed by what is given. Um, so your gifts, you and your gift are important. You and your gift are needed in the body of Christ, right? You and your gift are needed for the local body of believers. You have been blessed with God by God-given gifts, talents, callings, ministries, uh, resources that have been given to you for the benefit, for the blessing of others. You are blessed by God, and you are called to be a blessing, right? You are blessed by God, and you're called to be a blessing. So ministry, or church, if, if we want to call it that, is a team effort. Just like Paul was saying today, you know, there's people setting up. There's going to be people cleaning up afterwards. There's people playing music. There's people singing. All these things require uh, a whole team, right? It's a team effort, uh, and we need this team effort. We need the body of Christ working together for the function of the body. So we all come together. We all have something to add. We all have something to give. Every one of us has something to give. So if you're sitting there and thinking, well, I'm not talented. I can't do this. I can't do that. Well, neither can I. <laughs> uh, but we all have been giving something to share with one another. It's kind of like everyone is welcome to the table. And uh, we, we had a uh, visitor um, pastor preach that quite some time ago, that we were, there's a chair at the table for you. And it's kind of like the, if we think of the idea of a potluck dinner, right? Someone, or even our community group, someone brings this ingredient, someone brings that ingredient, someone brings this, and we bring these different ingredients to uh, share with one another and so that we have a full meal. Again, that's a, being a part of the body of Christ, ministering, serving, and giving to one another so that um, we can function as a body. So the gift of giving. Um, it is, to give is to just, you know, to share and it's not necessarily just our resources, but it's to share our time, our talents, yes, our wealth, but our effort, our energy um, to bless others and especially bless those of the household of faith. The book of Galatians talks about ministering and serving, especially at the end of Galatians chapter 6, especially unto the household of faith, giving to one another for the kingdom, the advancement of the kingdom generously we're to give if we're if we have this gift we're to give generously liberally we're to give consistently simplistically right we are even to give sacrificially that's not something that we um, think about too much i don't think but it's something that we're we're called to do to actually give sacrificially uh, you can show the next slide so after romans 6 i'm sorry romans 12 6 through 8 the f it goes on to verse 9, love must be sincere. All of these gifts will only function in a state of love. They only function in love. The Lord has poured out his love upon us. The Bible tells us that he has shed his love abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And 
when that love, when we are born again by the Spirit of God, he places in us love to love one another, but also to love him. And, and part of that love comes a desire, a desire to please the Lord, right? We read the scriptures and we, uh, I remember first getting saved and, and reading the scriptures like, oh my, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to be doing that. <laughs> oh no, you know, woe is me. I'm a man undone and I live among the people that are undone and unclean lips. You begin to read the scriptures and find out, oh, so these things that I'm doing or have been doing are, are wrong, are inconsistent with being a Christian or being a follower of Jesus. So I have to change. I don't rewrite the Bible. I have to change. Um, but we find that these, this love is poured out in our, house, our hearts that we want to please the Lord and we want to see the kingdom of God advance because of the love of God that has been instilled in our hearts. We want to see people come into the kingdom. We want to see people experience the love of Christ that we have experienced. The love of Christ is the motivation behind these gifts. So love creates in us a desire to bless, to strengthen, to edify, to see others blessed. Is because we have the love of Christ in us. And then just, uh, just like the um, manifestation, manifestation gifts that I talked about in uh, 1 Corinthians 12. Um, after 1 Corinthians 12, at the very end, Paul writes, but earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I will show you a more excellent way. And then he jumps into 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Many of us have heard that over and over again at a wedding. It's the love chapter. So here he is, he's talking about all these gifts, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophecy, interpretation, tongues, all of these things, faith um, that is given unto the body of Christ, again, for the edification. And then, he's, then he says, this is the way they are to operate. They are to operate in love, love for one another. Uh, may, I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 13, uh, starting in verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a uh, clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It is not easily provoked. It thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. So all of these gifts that have been stowed upon us are given to us, and the motivation for us should be love. Loving the body of Christ and loving Jesus Christ himself as our Lord and Savior. So we have been generously blessed by God for we have received his spirit, right? We have been saved. We have been redeemed. 
We have been justified by the blood of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. Ephesians 1 tells us that he has saved us and that we are accepted now in the beloved, the beloved being Christ. So our God is a generous God. We know John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But it doesn't stop there. In Ephesians, it talks about the riches of his grace that have been poured out towards us. It talks about that he is rich in mercy. He is rich in mercy because of the great love with which he has loved us, that he has blessed us in the heavenlies. Spiritually speaking, he has poured out upon us every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies, that he has raised us up together with Christ and made us sit together with Christ in heavenly places, that he has given unto us that he might show, it says, in the ages to come, now in the ages to come, the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Jesus Christ. We serve a generous God who is pouring out mercy and grace and mercy and grace. We heard today about God's mercy and grace. And uh, the book of Hebrews tells us that we should approach, that we can approach the throne of God by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we can come to the throne of mercy and grace in the time of need. That we can come to God's throne of mercy and grace to receive mercy and grace in the time of need. What a God we serve. And because of his generosity towards us, not just saving us, and not just loving us, but that part of that love is, again, the, the giving of gifts, the blessing of gifts. It says um, the, in that his gifts and his, uh, the riches that we have in Christ are unsearchable. That means they're beyond finding out, that there are, is no end to them. The, the, the uh, treasures that we have in Christ are unsearchable. They're beyond finding out. Again, the blessing, the blessing, the blessing. His mercies are new morning by morning. Great is his faithfulness. And um, that should stir us on to uh, pour out and to give to others. So we serve a God that is generous, generous towards us. Psalm 68, 19 puts it this way. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits daily blessings 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 the god of our salvation we have been born again we have been saved we've been redeemed we have been blessed with spiritual blessings we are seated in the heavenly places in christ he has given to us the gifts uh, manifestation gifts all of them the gifts of ministry uh, the romans 12 gifts that we've been studying and he has poured out on us uh, abundant blessing there is a thief who comes to steal kill and destroy but jesus came that we ha might have life and have it more abundantly that true life that resurrection life that jesus life that zoe life the life eternal life everlasting so our god is a giver and if we're going to be following the lord who is a giver we too shall should be and shall be givers Right? We should be those that are giving, just as the Lord God Almighty has given us so much. And we are receiving a, a kingdom that cannot be shaken. 
we're, the Lord calls us kings and priests unto our God, and that we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken by the things of this world. The things of this world can be shaken, and nations can be brought down, and nations brought up. But we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken at all, and we are called kings and priests unto our, our Lord, and we're going to rule and reign with Christ. You know, this is just the beginning. This is just the starting point of all of the blessings, the unsearchable blessings that we have in Christ. Therefore, again, a heart of gratitude, a heart of um, just unbelievable gratitude, especially when we uh, maybe look in, like I said, the mirror of the scriptures. When I first saved and began to read scriptures and began to realize, uh oh, I'm in trouble. There's things that I'm doing that are not right, that are not correct. And then I, therefore I need to change. So we, we see we can see ourselves, see our fallings in the scripture, but we see a great, kind, and compassionate God who has poured out his blessing upon us. And we know that every good and perfect gift is from above, from our Heavenly Father, the Father of all light, lights. So, so that's, one, again, a motivation of why we should be giving is our God is a giver. The motivation of why we should be giving because the love of God has been poured into our hearts. Another thing is why we should be uh, giving people is because we have been planted uh, or it has been implanted in us, in our spirit, the DNA of God. So it's not just like, oh, God, you're such a wonderful, magnificent, and he is, wonderful Savior, but his DNA, his Holy Spirit has been planted in us. And if we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives and if we are going to keep in step with the Holy Spirit, we're going to be givers. We're going to be those that share um, our wealth with others. So the DNA of God is within us. So we give, like Paul has said, we give by faith, oftentimes and not by sight. Uh, I want to tell you a story about uh, one of our friends. I don't, uh, they weren't there last night, I don't think. But um, they're um, around my age, my wife and I's age, and friends of ours that we've known for 30 years. And um, they're married, and uh, the wife is from Guatemala. So, you know, they're close to 60 if they're not already there. And so they've been planning to, and they've been working out this plan, intentionally planning to, when they retire, to move to Guatemala. And part of that plan has been that they have been building a house in Guatemala. So the house has been built. It's not quite finished yet. Her sister is living there and helping take care of it and, and uh, making sure things are done right and that sort of thing. Well, they were there visiting several months ago. Again, their whole plan was to retire within the next five years or so and live in Guatemala. Sounds like a great plan. A lot cheaper to live there than it is here. And as they were walking and they were there and um, walking through the house, whatever, God spoke to the man that this house that he was planning to live in and retire in, that God wanted it for a rescue mission for battered women. So he didn't get mad or upset that God blew his plans out of the water. <laughs> he rejoiced that, wow, you know, we've been building this house for years, and it's a big house, and planning to retire there, but God had a plan all along, and 
It was just revealed to my friend. So their whole direction had changed. They're, they are so excited and, and, and um, very enthusiastic with what God's going to do with this house. So immediately they began making connections and plans to set up this house as a res- rescue mission for battered women. So what I'm saying is that, you know, the, the love of God was in them and they were building this house. It seems like a very rational plan, but yet God had a different plan behind the whole thing. And so once that plan was revealed to them, they're like, praise the Lord. Let's do it. Let's move on. So giving. You know, in First Timothy um, 6, verses 17, uh, 17 and uh, 18, 19, it says, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but to trust in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. So here we, again, we see this, the scripture that the Lord gives us all things to enjoy. He gives us uh, many things to enjoy, but he says, don't trust in uncertain riches, but trust in the Lord. Our faith is not in our bank account. Our faith is not in our IRA, that you can lose that overnight, our, and it's happened. Our faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ, right, and his goodness and his love towards us. He goes on to say, let them do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to give, and willing to share. So God gives us resources. He gives us wealth. It says in the Old Testament, I forget exactly where, I think Proverbs says that God gives us the ability to make wealth. So he gives us these abilities to make wealth, but he wants us to be ready to give. Hey, I got, the Lord says to my friend, hey, I got a different plan for this house. Oh, okay. What's your plan, Lord? Oh, wow, that's marvelous. Never thought of it. You know, just thought of retiring, taking it easy. No, God had a different plan. He says, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold of eternal life. Jesus said, freely freely you have received, freely give. So everything that we have, um, material possessions, everything that we are, who we are, we have to have the mindset that everything belongs to Christ. If you are redeemed, if you are born again, you belong to Christ. Everything that you have, everything that you own, everything that you are belongs to Christ. That's a different mindset. And we've just, we are just like managers or stewards of the resources that God has given unto us. So that we are just supposed to be open and willing to share with what, whoever, whatever the Lord would put upon our hearts, to share for the advancement of the kingdom uh, sp- specifically. So we need to be willing to give. You know, years ago, um, <laughs> years ago I, I went to the Philippines for the first time. It was after 9-11. That's how long ago it was. Um, so 2001, right? 9-11 happened. And um, that was my first time in a, uh, a foreign co- country other than Canada. Um, and it's first time in a third world country, and I was just like blown away by um, the way people live. I went, I was in Manila, the city, you know, the way that people live. Maybe they have two outfits, one for work every day and one for church. Uh, I was in the jungles, uh, you know, people living in grass huts, in the jungles, dirt floors. 
And these people were born-again believers, that joyful and happy <laughs> and giving and loving, uh, willing to share uh, whatever they had with me who was visiting you know, as far as food and what have you. I was hesitant, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, to partake of some of the stuff. Um, you know, you're in the jungle, there's no refrigeration. Hey, we killed this pig three, three days ago. You want some? <laughs> it's, it's been in this five-gallon bucket. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my wife experienced some of that. Um, but I came home, I said, I will never complain again <laughs> about whatever. And that didn't, that didn't last too long, though, I have to be honest. But, um, it, it, and I would encourage any young person to go to a third world country and see how the rest of the world lives. We are rich beyond comparison. When we look at probably 90% of the rest of the world, we live like kings. We really do. I mean, to drive, to have a car, to drive a car, you don't, don't even think about it. Get your license, it's not even an option. Only reason you get your license is so that you can drive other people <laughs> around in a vehicle uh, in the Philippines, you know. So these things have been given to us, and we've been so uh, blessed that it becomes normal, right? And, and it's amazing to me. We always compare ourselves to those above us. Uh, like, I wish I had what they had. Man, I really like that boat, that trailer, that car, that house. We're always looking up and comparing ourselves to those who are above us and, and then feeling bad for ourselves. But in reality... <laughs> The rest of the world looks at us, United States of America, and they want to come here, right? And they're coming through our border daily because it's the land, really, in many senses, the land of, of plenty, right, um, in many ways. So God has poured out these riches upon us. I remember um, years ago, my son Ben, you probably most of you have met him. He was probably like three or four or five, I don't know. He goes, Dad, are we rich? And uh, like... And I said, yes, compared to the rest of the world, we are very rich, you know, and we have the Lord Jesus Christ as well. So one of the reasons why, um, and it's a justifiable reason, why people don't, don't give lavishly or uh, liberally um, is um, a worry, right, that we won't have enough for ourselves, Right? We, we worry about, am I going to have enough to pay the bills? Am I going to have uh, enough to put food on the table? This sort of thing. Those are all legitimate reasons why to be concerned uh, about giving. But, uh, again, we have to realize, too, that oftentimes, again, we live by faith and not by sight. And many times in the U.S., it's not a matter of um, not having enough. It's a matter of not managing what you have. It's, 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 it's a matter of not um, really a paradigm shift that this doesn't belong to me. This belongs to lo the Lord. How can I use it for God's kingdom? Even, you know, like our car, something that's very simple, a car. You know, giving um, someone a ride. You're using it for the kingdom, quite possibly, or whatever, delivering food to people giving someone a ride to church, using it for the kingdom. Uh, I remember one time there was uh, part of 
the things I did um, back and even now is helping people uh, with their finances, you know, helping them get a, a, hold, a hold, a handle on their finances. And there was this one young man, newly married. He had a great job making great money. He could uh, actually, like, if he, he was a painter and if he hired more painters, he could make $5 an hour for each painter that he hired. Um, so, like, if he hired... You know, 10 painters, he would be making 50 bucks an hour plus his wage. And so he had, uh, I'll say, loads of money coming in, but he had good money coming in, but he couldn't pay his bills. It's like, okay, well, let's, let's look at, for the next two weeks, you know, keep all your receipts, and uh, let's see where all your money's going. So, uh, lo and behold, we just took a look at it. He was spending over $100 a week on uh, buying chips and pop and uh, snacks from, um, from the gas station. It's like, well, you're spending over $100 a week. I, I, that's a big hole right there uh, on stuff that you really could, you know, curb and not spend quite as much on all this junk food. It'd be more healthy for you to pack a lunch and you know you don't need to spend ten dollars a day on starbucks coffee make your own coffee at home <laughs> pour it in a container and take it to work with you make your own lunch i mean you could save tons of money if you just would manage it better you'd be able to pay your bills i mean over a hundred dollars a week that's four hundred dollars a month that's a car payment you know so this guy was just throwing money away in a real sense eating it and flushing it out down the toilet. <laughs> that's, that's what he was doing with his money. You've heard the old saying, flushing it down the toilet. That's exactly what he was doing. Um, so, you know, some people say, uh, may reason with themselves, you know, that, well, you know, I'm too poor, I can't give. Um, and, and that may be true, and some of it, you know, again, may have to be working, worked out or managed uh, better, um, you know, think outside the boxes, uh, so to speak. Um, but we have a story, this story, this wonderful story uh, about the, the lady, the widow, who gives her two mites. I'm sure we all kind of know that story. And I, I like the way that we take up an offering here. I mean, we do have it online and stuff, uh, but we do have a box out there in the vestibule. And, and that's what they did um, in the days of Jesus. They had a box to put your offering in. Um, I've been to churches where they spend the majority of their time, uh, <laughs> Sunday morning service, almost every service, talking about the offering. Uh, it should be the, the, you should teach it, obviously, in tithing and giving, but that should not be the centerpiece of our daily Sunday meetings. Uh, so now Jesus, uh, reading from the story here, uh, he sat down opposite the treasury, and he saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. So these rich people are giving much. Uh, then one poor widow came and threw in two mites. And so he called his disciples to himself and said to them. Now, can you just and it's happened. I've been to places where it's happened. Uh, that we had that little offering box up here on the table we took time out, everyone, to give your offering. Hey, come on up, come on up. And Paul's sitting there watching everybody, <laughs> watching the offering. 
<laughs> yeah, it'd be weird, right? Very uncomfortable. But here's Jesus. Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, is watching the offering. He watches us. He knows us. He knows what he's given us. He knows what we have. We, he knows who we are. So he watches us. But he watches it, and he, says, he sees this poor widow puts in everything she has, two mites, two pennies. And he says, Surely I say to you that this poor woman has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they are put in out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. It was all that she had for her whole livelihood. Everything that she had to live on was that two mites. And again, you know, we can think, well, you know, I can't give... Well, can you give two mites? You know, that's a place to start. Um, I believe part of giving should be consistently, on a regular basis, um, giving to the Lord. Again, for the advancement of the kingdom. Um, you know, giving to the Lord out of the love that he's given us, out of the, the gifts that he has lavished upon us, out of a heart of gratitude. And we need to just get into the habit of giving. You know, oftentimes we think about habits and habits as a negative habit, uh, you know, smoking, overeating, whatever. Um, but we can develop good habits that are pleasing to God. And so we can do that. Again, just maybe just managing our money better. Years ago, there was a young man who was struggling financially, and uh, he came to me, and I, I was talking to him. He was actually getting bills and he couldn't pay them, so he was just throwing them in the garbage. <laughs> I'm like, that's not going to help the situation. Just, ah, Bill. Uh, so, you know, I, I worked with him and worked with him uh, to get him up and running. And eventually, now, he's an owner of probably a multi-million dollar company. You know, but it started out just learning to give learning to manage his money better, learning to, you know, if you're an owner of a company and you, um, you're not making enough profit, the first thing you do is you look, where, what can I cut? What, what of my overhead can I cut out? Uh, what spending can I get rid of so that I can save money so that I will have more of a profit, especially as a Christian, more of a profit so that I can share it with others, share it for the, the body of Christ. So that's one of the things we have to have a mindset is it's not mine. I don't own it. Um, it's the Lord's, and the Lord has the right, <laughs> the right to ask of me to give. He has the right to ask. And we need to be those with um, Teflon hands, you know, Teflon on the pan, nothing sticks to it. When it comes to money, we need to be those that have Teflon hands, that money will flow through us. Uh, and we can't hold it tightly because Scripture talks about the one that holds it tightly and won't let it go. And, um, you know, then it comes to poverty. And those who freely give, God continues to bless. Because so, he knows that that blessing is going to flow through their hands. They have Teflon hands. It's just going to flow into the kingdom. You know, Jesus talked a lot. Uh, and this is one of those topics that um, I think every honest preacher <laughs> uh, doesn't like to talk about because they know it's going to turn people off, right? You start talking about money, 
And, and again, um, there's good reason for that, because you probably maybe have been a part of the church where the pastor comes in his brand new Cadillac, right? And you know he lives in a mansion on a hill, and he's got whatever, he's got his boat, he's got his trailer, he's got his vacation home, his plane, yeah, his private jet plane. So, I mean, there's good reason to have an attitude of, whoa, but for every one person like that, every, I'm going to say corrupt pastor, um, there's 10,000 pastors that are just giving their lives and just really barely making ends meet. Um, and, and they're just giving their lives and giving their wealth, giving their time, giving their effort, giving their energy towards the kingdom, and they need our support. They need our support. You had a chance to meet uh, Nelson Elaine Proxidio from the Philippines. These people are amazing from the Philippines, you know, and I don't know how they do it, but they have a school, a daycare. They've branched out in other communities and started churches, you know, on a shoestring budget. They, they do it. And, and, but there's people like that that need our help, you know. And one of the things, too, um, so like if you were to give to a missionary work, or you reap the benefits. So the same benefits and blessings that flow through that missionary or flow through that work of God, you, because of your support, you reap the benefits of it because you're part of that blessing. You're a part of that ministry. You're a part of giving to that uh, kingdom. Well, I like the light. I can't see the clock, so, hey, I can keep going forever. <laughs> Um, so Jesus talked about, you know, laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven, right? Treasures in heaven. Well, how do we lay up treasures, or, treasures in heaven? By giving away treasures here on earth. Um, we are to serve one another, enrich one another. We are to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Well, that's out of Matthew chapter 6. In that paragraph, that story, or that verse is right in the middle of, Jesus saying, don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear, what you're going to drink, where you're going to live. It's like, whoa, those are pretty necessary things, <laughs> you know, to worry about, to be concerned about. And he says, our Heavenly Father knows that we need them, but you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. One of the things about um, growing up, uh, I, I mean, or maturing, is going from a consumer to a producer, right? Someone who just comes and, and enjoys the service, that's nice, that's wonderful, but a part of growing up is not just enjoying, not just being a sponge, taking, 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 but producing and giving out, giving back, giving back. I had... Um, uh, a, a friend who has passed away, and he—I've shared a little bit, a bit about him, where he was a rough character. Uh, I mean, he was a motorcycle gang member, been in and out of prison, been homeless. Um, He—and I told the story before—he he was tired of life. He, he was homeless, and him and uh, some of his motorcycle buddies were going to go get some heroin. And he had decided that he's had enough, he's going to kill himself. So on the way to go get, do you guys remember the story? To get the heroin, 
my friend Dave was sitting in the back seat, they pick up a hitchhiker. Now this guy must have been quite a strong, confident person to get in the car with uh, three motorcycle gang members on their way to score some heroin. Yeah, he's a hitchhiker, they gave him a ride, he got in the back seat with my friend Dave, and he began talking to Dave about the Lord. So Dave is on his way to commit suicide, he ends up getting saved. You know, just the Lord's intervention at that time. And this Dave person, uh, you know, he worked in a factory, a single guy, lived in a trailer, he had a stroke, he ended up on disability, so his disability check was only about like $1,200 a month, if that. Um, but he was frugal, so frugal, it was unbelievable. Like at one time we needed $4,000 to um, uh, replace, uh, replace roofs in the Philippines uh, on, on churches and that sort of thing. And because of typhoons and all that, he had $4,000. This guy living on 1200 bucks a month. Another time, he, um, we were taking up another collection for some other missionary endeavor, and it was going to be $2,000. He gave $2,000. So, you know, here's this guy, $1,200 a month income, giving thousands away. He was a giver. He was poor, but he was a giver. And he saved, and he saved, and he saved. And when he saw the need, and he had the funds, he gave. Well, this guy, he came to me. This is the rest of the story. Um, and he wanted to give his 401k to the church, all the funds. And I tried to talk him out of it. You know, you ever see a preacher try to talk you out of giving? And I'm like, Dave, you're living on a shoestring budget. You know, this is money that you've saved. And and you put aside for your retirement, and he was that age and beyond, uh, I really don't think you should be giving it all away. Uh, you know, I think you should, you know, give it as you withdraw it, tithe on it, give, you know, a little at a time. And he was adamant, and I kept resisting him, and he got angry with me. I see the old motorcycle gang Dave come out. <laughs> and I said, all right, all right, it's your money. Well, okay, if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. So that's what he did. And it went for, to another missionary endeavor. Uh, no, uh, I think it went to go pay off a parking, parking lot, a property. And then like six months later, Dave fell, hit his head, and he passed away. And I thought to myself, I bet he's not sorry that he gave away that $40,000. He's not regretting it today, I bet. So again, Managing money well so that you can give. The desire to look for needs and to, to look what's needed uh, in the body of Christ, in the church, and being willing to provide for it. It's amazing, like uh, everyone says, well, somebody should do something. Well, you're somebody. <laughs> you know, uh, why not take it up? If you're concerned about it, worried about it, take care of it, you know? Um, I want to leave us uh, this morning with some challenges. I'm just going to ask some questions. This is before, uh, before you and the Lord, um, before you and God. And 
again, this is a, a tough topic. I know it's a tough topic. But I, I also know that, you know, if the Lord has your heart, he should also have your pocketbook. Um, and again, being not by compulsion, not being obligated, not out of duty, again, out of love. Love. This is the reason why. Love. Not compulsion. Um, I just want you to, to think about these, these questions about yourself. Am I being a good steward of God's resources? Am I really being a good steward of God's resources? Again, that whole po paradigm shift. You know, this isn't my money. This is God's money. Can I make changes in my budget or my spending habits to give more to the Lord and his kingdom? Can I make changes? You know, uh, yeah, Bob brought up some good thoughts. Yeah, why do I eat out every day? I mean, probably uh, McDonald's uh, meals like 30 bucks now. I don't know. <laughs> Happy meal, 30 bucks. You know, that, if you're doing that every day, that's a lot of money. Can I budget well? Can I budget better? Can I spend, change my spending habits? You know, I, you don't need a Starbucks every day. Make your own coffee. Make a lunch. Maybe only go out with your, your husband or wife, you know, like once a week to eat. You know, I know people that are on six-figure incomes, and again, uh, they can't afford things because they go out to eat every night. Well, you can't spend $30, 40 a night, seven days a week, and expect to get ahead, right? Or expect to have something to give. Am I tithing? If not, why not? What is holding me back from giving a tithe to the Lord? Is it doubt? Is it fear? Is it unbelief? You know, the book of Malachi says that it talks about robbing God of the tithe and offering. And the Lord says, the Lord challenges his people. He says, try me in this. Test me. Try me. And see if you don't start giving that I'm going to give you much more abundantly. Now, again, that shouldn't be the motivation of our heart, but our heart should respond in obedience because of love. Again, maybe you've been burned by other ministries. You know, maybe they've made promises like, if you give me $100, God's going to give you 1000 Again, yeah, um, there are charlatans out there that proclaim these sorts of things, and I think that they are in the, the danger of the fires of hell, to be honest. So maybe you have been burned. Does that mean we just stop giving to the Lord? Like I said, for every maybe corrupt individual like that, there's 10,000 that are giving their all and their best.
Do I ever give sacrificially? Do I ever say no to myself so that I can give to someone else? You know, again, giving might be giving a ride, might be giving a place to stay, a meal. Do you ever say no to yourself? Or do you always just get what you want without thinking, hey, you know, I just got a bonus of $195. Well, well maybe God has a plan for that. You know, step back and, and just think about it. Maybe I don't need those new shoes. Do you rejoice? And this is, to me, a real litmus test. Do you rejoice when other people are blessed? Or do you get jealous? Bible says to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. I mean, when you see other people blessed, are you like, oh, yes, it's so wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Or is it, man, where's my blessing? <laughs> Can I tell you another story about Dave real quick? Get off. Um, so one of the things about Dave, he had heard that the senior pastor, I was assistant pastor, liked bananas. This is more a story about me than Dave. And uh, so he brought the senior pastor these bananas. And, and, and see, I helped Dave a lot. I mean, I helped him in the hospital, helped him get home, gave him rides to the church after he had the stroke. He needed a refrigerator, make sure he had a re got a refrigerator, you know, just make sure. He didn't have any family uh, to speak of. And so... He brought in these bananas and gave them to the senior pastor. And I'm, like, I'm thinking to myself, well, I like bananas. Where's my bananas? All the things I've done for you? Okay, so that's a revelation of my heart. Do you give things, another question, expecting something in return? Do you give to expect something in return? We just give to give, no strings attached. No strings attached, whether you're giving to the church, where you're giving to your brother, you're giving to whatever, homeless shelter, no strings attached. Paul tells us, but this I say, he who sows sparingly, that means little, will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he has purposed in his own heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And what a statement. I mean, God loves all of us, but God is such a cheerful giver. He resonates with those who are cheerful givers. Right? He gives and he gives and he gives, and then he sees, ah, someone else giving in the body of Christ. They got it. They got it. They got the picture. They know who I am. Or they realize what their gift is, and now they're using it for the benefit of others. It says, God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace 
abound towards you, that you always, having all things, all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. So as we give bountifully, God gives. He takes notice that we're giving, and he's able to make his grace abound in our lives so that we have everything that we need for every good work. It says, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he, the Lord, who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. As we give, thinking of our our missionary friends or here at church, as we give and a need is provided, it results in thanksgiving to God. Thank you, Lord, for that faithful giver. Thank you, Jesus, that you have provided for our needs through the body of Christ. Thanksgiving to God, while through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men. So they thank God and they glorify God for our giving. And by their prayer for you, who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. So they see it as it's, it's God's grace. It's God's grace working in our lives that we have anything to give. And it says, he ends it with the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. The praise of heaven. Um, again, you know, this is worked out in our lives. Just by, just by being obedient, right? I'm, I'm not. I'm not talking about anything other than just being obedient to the Lord, the voice of the Lord, <laughs> willing to give up your, um, your uh, retirement home. You know, uh, that's a that's a big ask, but God has the right to ask because it belongs to Him to begin with. So let's close our eyes in, in prayer.